Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Crime Hour. It has been like two weeks since I last spoke to you guys. Um, Sorry about that. It's just I started a new job and everything was just so hectic. But I'm back to uploading. And I got some great um, true crime coming your way. So today we're going to be talking about a man named Samuel Little. Samuel Little was born in Reynolds, Georgia on June 7, 1940. He claimed his mother was a prostitute and had given birth to him while she was in jail. At an early age, his family moved to Lorraine, Ohio, where he was, where he was raised in, raised by his grandmother. Wow, I struggled with that. Samuel attended Hawthorne Junior High School where he had discipline problems and trouble with an, with the authority. So already we see like the troubled life that his mother was a prostitute and she was in jail and that he was raised by somebody else. In February of 1954, Samuel was committed to the boys industri- industrial school near Columbus, Ohio for stealing a bike. This school didn't help him because he left a year and a half later with 47 disciplinary infractions. So you see, some people learn from these, right? Like some people are like, oh shit, I really got in trouble this time. Like I'm being sent to a different school. Like I need to get my shit together. No, no, no. Samuel was like, fuck this shit. Like, I don't care how many times you're going to tell me it's going to be in one ear out the other. I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, hey, you know, you're not my mother type of thing. In 1956, at the age of 16, Samuel committed his first real crime. This became the first of many. He was charged for breaking and entering and burglary. After his conviction, he was held in an institution for juvenile offenders. So do you think he learned? No. Oh, also, forgot to say that um, I'm not going to be listing all the victims again. Uh, I will list, list a few. And if you're really interested, you can look up the details yourself. It's just way too many for me to list. But I'll give you the gist of, like, a good amount. In 1961, Samuel broke into a Lorraine furniture store and was sentenced three years in prison. 1966, Samuel shows violence against a woman for the first time. He was arrested in Cleveland, Ohio for an assault and battery after he beat a woman. In his late 20s, he moved to Florida to live with his mother. So, I want to know, out of, like, your mother was in jail, she got out, who knows what she was in for, um, she was also a prostitute, so it's like, um, is it really a good idea to live with her? I mean, I guess he's in his 20s, so it's not like he's a child anymore, so he can do whatever he wants, but even still. He began working numerous jobs, including at a cemetery and an ambulance attendant. This is where he kills his first victim. 33-year-old Mary Brosley. Samuel had picked her up from a bar on North Miami Beach on New Year's Eve in 1970. 
Samuel shared a drink with her while she confided in him that she had left her family in Massachusetts after they had confronted her about her drinking problem. She had been reported missing since June because her family did not know where she was. They were like, because she ran away because she was like, oh, they're trying to like confide in me. Like they're confronting me about my drinking problem, which she thinks that she didn't have. So she ran away to Florida. So after New Year's rang in on that day, the two left the bar. They drove towards the Everglades on U.S. Highway 27 and stopped at a secluded area. At this point, Mary had climbed onto Samuel's lap and started playing with the chain he wore around his neck. And that's when he strangled her to death and buried her in a shallow grave. Her body was found 23 days later. At the time, the police couldn't identify her, and Mary wasn't actually identified until 2017, when dental records were able to pull up her file and identify her. And remember, this happened in 1970. It's crazy how technology works that way. Like, crimes from so long ago, like 1970, and they finally got dental records to be able to match somebody in 2017. That's insane. Like, can you imagine her poor family, like, wondering where she has been all this time? It's so heartbreaking. So in 1971, Samuel was charged with armed robbery in Cleveland, Ohio, while awaiting his trial. He was charged with sodomy. He was found not guilty of the robbery charge and never tried for the sodomy charge. So he got off scot-free. Like, I don't understand. Like, this person should just stay in jail. Like, it's not his first offense. This is like, whatever, like his fifth and God knows how many more right? Because he's been having trouble with authority since he was like in high school. In 1972, Samuel met his partner in crime, Aurelia Jean Dorsey. She was 30 years older than Samuel. What the fuck, first of all. And the couple had remained together for 16 years. I'm going strong with that one. The two were travel companions and drifted to the South and Midwest together. They supported themselves by shoplifting burglary and fencing stolen goods oh yeah they must have the healthiest relationships oh i don't have money today you want to go steal oh yeah yeah and then we're gonna like figure out a way to get money from that right like we'll just sell it to somebody else oh yes yes that's the best date plan ever just kidding don't do that In 1988, Aurelia died of a brain hemorrhage. Throughout this time, though, Samuel had been with Aurelia and never stopped him from killing other women. I don't know how he did it. Like, imagine you're with this person. I don't know if they lived together. I don't know if it was like, you know, um, they were just like in a relationship and they lived separately. But imagine like, oh... I'm just going to go have dinner, okay? Um, Let's link up later to, at that time, he's killing somebody. And then he links up with her, and she has no idea. He actually confessed to murdering these victims within that time. Although most of these victims remain unknown to authorities because 
again, at the time, DNA wasn't so strong. And so, you know, it takes a while to piece everything together. When Samuel decided to live a more nomadic lifestyle, the list of run-ins he had with the law grew. So again, he doesn't learn from this. He decides, go big or go home. So, you know, he's like, oh shit, I killed one lady. I could do it again. Or, you know, hey, I stole this, but I never got caught. Let's do it again, and this will be my lifestyle. From 1957 to 1975, he had been arrested over 26 times in 11 different states. These states include California, Florida, Ohio, Massachusetts, Oregon, Maryland, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Arizona, Illinois, and Georgia. That's a lot of states. That's a lot of times he's been arrested. I don't know why he's just not behind bars for the rest of his life. Like, what the fuck? Like, you'd think after having such a big rap sheet, they'd be like, oh yeah, this guy cannot be, like, set free. He has to stay behind bars for the rest of his life. But no, he got away with it. And, like, you know, clearly he just doesn't learn. When serving time for these crimes, a total of 10 years, he was in there for 10 years. And he still didn't learn. Come on, man. Come on, Samuel. Come on. Samuel claimed he picked up boxing. He also claimed he was on his way to pursue a prize-fighting boxing career. This actually never happened because, come on, are you going to sponsor somebody like that when he doesn't even know from right and wrong? September 1976, Samuel was arrested for an attempted ravish rape just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. The victim told authorities that Samuel used electrical cords to choke her from behind, forced her into his car, beat her unconscious, and drove to a secluded area where, at that point, she actually woke up and he raped her. But the fact that she was, she was alive, the fact that she lived through that and was able to tell authorities and yet he was still not caught is bullshit. This actually becomes a pattern for him where that's his way of killing people. He would rape, beat, and strangle. And this victim was lucky to even escape. This victim's story could have sent Samuel away for a long, long time. But at the time, the justice system only called for three months. Yeah, yeah, three months in a county jail for, first of all, like, beating her, kidnapping her, and raping her. And she, he would only have served three months what in the actual fuck now he was able to carry out these horrendous crimes for years did a lack of evidence and lack of empathy for these victims because samuel knew that if he killed individuals who are black sex workers or drug dealers their cases would not be thoroughly investigated because unfortunately even to this day sex workers that go missing it's never, ever, ever taken seriously by authorities, which is really sad because they're people too, guys. It doesn't matter what their profession is, they are still human. If they are reported missing from a loved one, they should look into that investigation of, holy shit, how come this person went missing? Where were they last? Etc. But again, 
they're never ever taken seriously, and that has to change. November 1982, Samuel was arrested for shoplifting in Pascuala. I don't know if I'm saying that right, Mississippi. And police then realized he matched the description on the murder of a woman named Melinda Rose Laprie. He was arrested and charged for the murder. Witnesses at the time were all sex workers, said that Samuel had been with this victim right before her murder. They also testified that Samuel was a violent man who assaulted them the same way he assaulted the victim. When the case was brought to the grand to the grand jury. They claimed that there wasn't enough evidence against him, so they declined to indict him. Bullshit. I don't know why they said there was not enough evidence when clearly everyone who testified, all these witnesses, they were sex workers. They knew him. They claimed he was violent, and that he treated them the way he treated Melinda, and yet he was still let go. Why? While under the investigation for Melinda's murder, he was transferred to Florida to stand trial for the murder of another woman. According to this witness, he met 26-year-old Patricia, Patricia Ann Mount, a mentally disabled woman, at a bar that night, and she disappeared. Her bruised, battered, naked body was found in a field. He had beaten, rape, raped, and murdered her. But the jury didn't trust the witnesses' testimonies. Why? What the fuck? Why? They were witnesses for a reason. What the fuck? They deliberated for less than half an hour and Samuel was acquitted, which meant that he was free from a criminal charge and found not guilty. When actual fuck, I'm actually, this case, like, frustrated me so much because it's like, there was so much evidence there, so many witnesses, so many people testified, and yet, the jury just thought that there was not enough evidence. How? And just thought, fuck it. He's not guilty. And again, it's not his first crime. Like, people have actually testified that he was violent. He was already in jail for 10 years. And yet he was still set free. August 1982, the body of 20-year-old Rosie Hill was discovered next to a pig pen in Marion County, Florida. She had been suffocated, strangled to death, and Samuel was questioned at the time but didn't have enough evidence to charge him. Samuel finally admits to the murder decades after. During the interrogation, Samuel told the detectives that Rosie was a big fighter, but I won the fight. What a douchebag. Like, who says that? Who says, oh yeah, they were, oh, she she was a big fighter, but I won in the end. Like, who says that? And still gets away with the fucking murder. Ugh. October 1984, Samuel made his way to San Diego, California and assaulted two women. San Diego police found a woman unconscious and bleeding in Samuel's car. Hello, this is a sign people, red flag. I mean, there were lots of red flags, but... Everybody chose to ignore it. Don't know why. He was arrested and charged for the assault and attempted murder in both cases, but the jury came to a deadlock, which meant that they couldn't come up with a verdict in time. So this meant that Samuel pled guilty to assault, but false imprisonment. He only served two and a half years of his four-year sentence. Yeah. Yeah. 
four-year sentence, and he only served two and a half for uh, assaulting a wo- two women and attempted murder. Please tell me this case frustrates you the mo- way it frustrates me because uh, words cannot explain how much I just want to be like at that courtroom and be like, what in the actual fuck? February 1st, 1987, Samuel was released from prison. He was paroled and moved to L.A. Shortly after his release, though, 41-year-old Carol Alford was found dead in a South L.A. alleyway on July 13th, 1987. From the waist down, she was naked, only wearing a single sock. Drag marks indicated that she was murdered elsewhere and dumped in that location. The cause of death was suffocation and horrendous beating. Her death wasn't linked to Samuel until 2012 when her clothing was tested and the DNA came back positive for Sam's. After her murder, Samuel went on to confess to nine more killings in his lifetime. And yes, of course, like, he was never caught. Why? August 14th, 1989, LA officers respond to a call about a homicide in a parking lot behind a nightclub and restaurant. Inside the dumpster, they found the body of Audrey Nelson. Like Carol, she was murdered elsewhere and had been dumped there. Samuel was linked to her murder in 2012 when DNA under her fingernail was tested. Samuel used drugs to lure in his victims. In both of these cases, the women had cocaine in their systems at the time of their death. Okay, so he's drugging them and beating them and raping them and suffocating them and killing them. And yeah, yeah. Again, why? Why is this man free? Samuel went on to kill another woman the same way as he did those two. This woman was named Guadalupe Apotica. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. In September 2014, yeah, yeah, 2014, Samuel went on to trial for these murders. He was 74 years old at the time, and during the trial, he claimed he was innocent. He also would interrupt um, the grieving family members of these victims who were giving statements to say that. And he would just interrupt them and interrupt their statements and say that he didn't kill anybody jokes on you man you admitted it to the police when they interrogated you samuel's own statement he had claimed he had been convicted on lies from witnesses hoping he would get a new trial but he didn't he also said the obsession with labeling me a serial killer without any proof was was illegal lynching but it's not the obsession of labeling and Without any proof, there was lots of proof. Your DNA was found on these women. There were multiple, multiple witnesses. And people have said you were violent. You've been in jail for like 12 and a half years. Lots, lots of evidence there. He interrupted them so many times that at one point, Samuel's own defense lawyer told him to shut up. Because he kept exchanging words with one of the victim's sons. Tony Zambrano, which is son of 
Guadalupe said this, and I quote, You took something very dear to me. You messed up big time. You hurt my mom. And Samuel interrupted him and said, I didn't do nothing to your mom. Which is a lie. Because, again, he has confessed to killing people. Samuel was finally found guilty of three counts of first-degree murder and sentenced to three consecutive life terms. Thank fucking God. Without the possibility of parole. Over the years, though, detectives failed to get Samuel to admit that he was involved in any of the cold cases. Which is really sad, but I mean, he's finally behind bars. He deserves it. Okay? He just... He was the worst. And there were so many times he really could have been, like, it could have stopped at any time. Like, if these people took the witnesses and all these testimonies and everything seriously, he would have been stopped a long time ago. But unfortunately, they didn't. Because, again, at the time, nobody took it seriously about these sex workers and drug dealers and like and because of that a lot of people lost their lives to Samuel and it sucks i really hope this case helps um people take i guess like be more serious about other human beings reported missing and that it w- it's not just another oh well like they're just a sex worker They probably just ran off. Like, no, please take it seriously. Because at the end of the day, they are still somebody's family, friend, and spouse. So this was the case of Samuel Little and how he was a total piece of shit. Stay tuned for next week where I have an amazing episode to share with you all. And this one is going to be one of, like, the worst ones out there. That's all I can really say. But if you like early access, remember to check me out on Patreon. www.patreon.com slash thecrimehour. For only $3 a month, you can get early access. Thank you. Bye.